Hello, everyone. This is Brian Cooper with Good Dog Workshop. We're your podcast resource for successfully working with your dog. We'll help you sift through all the wrong and ridiculous information out there. We'll help you understand dogs and how to effectively work with a dog's nature, not against it. In short, we'll teach you how to speak dog. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. And as usual, I am joined today by Carlos Marino. Hey, Brian. What's up? What's up? Uh, what are you talking about today? Well, today is kind of a kind of a very specific topic, but it's um it's really pretty pervasive um, throughout the dog rescue world. And I was I was asked to discuss uh, this again by by my friend Ness Guzman out in uh, Los Angeles through Angels Bark Dog Rescue, and this is about matching your personality to a dog's temperament. Not only um, you know uh, your you know, who you are, what you, what you put out there, you know, a soft temperament versus a sharp temperament, an active person versus an inactive person. Um, but making sure that you're matching up right with a dog. And the reason this is, is come up again, um, is because she had another dog return to her because the people were way too, what I call soft with dog. The dog was fine with, with her, with my friend Ness, Um, before she adopted the dog out and the dog came back and the dog was fine with her again, but the people she adopted out the dog to thought they were, they were in charge of the dog. And, and I guess the, uh, the gentleman, the husband even said that he felt he was alpha to the dog, but when Ness saw them work with the dog, it wasn't, uh, wasn't the case. The, the, The guy just was not being in charge of the dog. So I think part of this, um, we should talk about uh, about being alpha yeah. and, and what does that mean, and you know also today's uh, aspersions of the uh, sorry dispersions of the of the the title there and how negatively the negative connotations that come along with you know someone calling you alpha or you're being alpha that sort of thing. So yeah. first for you, Carlos, what is what does alpha mean? Yeah, that's a good question. I I think about it. I've thought about it. I continue to think about it. I think for me, it just means control, you know, okay. and, and, and control in a very, very, very natural way. So what do I mean by that? I mean, you can have an animal and want to control it for convenience sake. Well, you know, I don't want, I don't want this dog to get into my things. I don't want this dog to jump on people. Right. I don't want this dog to present a liability to me. So I'm going to control it. And vary. I'm not talking about that kind of control. I'm talking about a social order control that's natural for the dog so that it can it can live in a more natural sense, right? In a follower sense, which is less stressful. So when I think about alpha, I think of lessening the dog's overall load and responsibility, which sounds like you may, like maybe it's not alpha, but it is because I'm, I'm, I'm saying that I'm aware of the hierarchy. Right. And I, and I absolutely expect uh, control and, uh, but I also am, am experienced enough to know that I have to be a little bit fair and I do have to be pretty sharp about what the dog is putting off. So I do have a good leadership position. Dogs will follow if you have a good, strong leadership position. But how do you get to a good, strong leadership position, right? Right. Know your dog. We talked about this before. Know what breed you're getting. Know what exercise level uh, dog you're getting, what energy level. Know what's going on in your own personal life. So that you don't have a situation where you get a dog. I think in this case you said it was a German Shepherd. Yes. And this happens a lot with German Shepherds. Uh, People will say, well, I grew up with a German Shepherd. My parents had a German Shepherd. Um, Their favorite movie, they saw a dog, a German Shepherd. It's not a beginner dog. 
So if you're not used to a strong personality type dog, then you're not going to control that dog and you're not going to be alpha. And you're going to end up being like this pseudo parental figure, kind of like equal level, maybe more of a follower. And when it, when what happens with that, that gets dangerous later when you're out and about and your dog may perceive a threat. So I know that's a lot right there and I can break it down any way you want. But for me, alpha is understanding that you have to be in control of one dog, two dogs, three dogs, four dogs, so that you have the best shot at being the best dog owner. And so these dogs have a really healthy life and they're not stressed out and biting and doing all kinds of unwanted uh, crazy things that lead them to be to, sh- to be in shelters and lead them to be surrendered and lead them to bite people and then have to be put down and so on and so on, uh, so on and so forth. So I, you can tell <laughs> I've thought about this quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And for for me, when I think of alpha, I just think of number one first. You know, it's it's neither of us puts any emotion into it. Someone's number one. Okay, so they're they're in charge. You know, we all have someone we have to we have to answer to at 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 work, or we had someone we had to answer to um, in the in the classrooms we were we were in. So I don't I don't think of alpha as, you know, with any negative connotations to it. I, I'm certainly not putting any emotion to it like so many people these days that say, you know, the alpha is one definition refers to a dominant person or their behavior, especially with respect to socially aggressive, hyper masculine men. We're not talking about that. Again, that that sentence there and that's from dictionary.com is wow. loaded is loaded with an emotion and yeah and quite frankly bias we're just talking about who's in charge here it's either you or sooner or later most likely it's going to be your dog so we need you know we're trying to teach teach dog owners or would-be dog owners how to be alpha how to be in charge of your dog because it's yeah. safe and it's beneficial for us and our dogs to know who's in charge in our human world. Um, and there's yeah. one other thing I want to want to say um, sure. real quick about about this. So what about the the you know the naysayers who who say, well, you know, alpha is alpha is mean, alpha is, bu- is, is bullying. What what do you say to that? Yeah, the cl- the current climate is unfortunate in the sense that there's a lot of people out there, a lot of uh, people hiding behind the computer, putting up articles, um, uh, running whatever agenda they have to, whether it's online or uh, they're trying to push a product. Uh, and I, I say it's unfortunate because they're trying to basically shame words right. or, ter- or terms, right? They're trying to bring about uh, what I call like a police monitoring. They're trying to police certain terms that were completely normal. I would say even healthy, and they're trying to almost criminalize it and censor you. I have a big problem with that because when you start shaming people for uh, using a tool, for example, that that works really great for them, and then you say that tool is cruel, now you're shaming them and you're removing the the effective uh, or the probability, excuse me, of getting a really good, making really good progress with the tool. For example, what I'm talking about here is a prong collar. You have people will shame you for for having a prong collar, which is a really effective tool. You have people uh, that'll shame you for um, an e collar, an e collar, right? Okay. And so in this case, the the word alpha means dominant, which which could also mean oh uh, control, which could which devolves into abuse. Which I mean, it just it's a slippery slope, 
and we're expected to go down this slippery slope and apologize for something that we were not not, not even considering. But it's 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 a part of, of what I call word like word shaming and term shaming. Right. And and so so what we're talking about here is essentially alpha with respect to dogs. And that's just who's in charge of this pack, whether it's a pack of human and dogs or on the street, a pack of dogs. One being is in charge of them. And that's it. That's alpha. There's no there's no emotion to it. When a dog corrects another dog, there's no emotion to it. If there is emotion involved in it, then it's aggression. And that's different. Alpha is not uh, alpha is not aggression. Alpha to me is control that involves structure and and predictability. But there's no there's no emotion. There's no animus uh, in that in that at all. Um, so yeah, I, I wanted when you uh, after 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 you of course, but I, I wanted to bring up one kind of concept that might help people understand. When, if yeah, when you're please. done, go ahead. No, 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 can, well, so this is a little bit abstract, but consider that as a mammal, uh, we are born. And know very little, right? We, are, we kind of learn through our experiences. But I believe both with humans and with the canine uh, mammal, in this case a dog, you, it's the most, efi- the most efficient way to learn how to live in a social hierarchy is to follow, right? Follow sure. someone with more experience. Follow someone with more uh, awareness um, that makes you feel safe, um, that's fair, that meets your needs, right? So that then you can get to that point. This is more like a person, like a parental role if you're a young person. Uh, if you're an apprentice, you get to that role where you can be a mentor. Now, we right. never want our dogs to take over, but there should always be the sense of I'm guiding my dog. I know better. I'm keeping them safe so that they can have a healthy, uh, long, uh, long-lasting life. So it's not about it's unnatural. It's weird. It's just these words have become so corrupted. And people immediately devolve into this emotional state, which is like what you just talked about is not at all what, what it is to be alpha. We don't try to dial in and invest in these emotional uh, mental uh, head spaces. You know, so. No, absolutely not. And, and going back to what, uh, what you just said there, I was watching a series of, um, uh, of, of video courses uh, by the company The Great Courses. I forget what it is, but it's something about uh, body language. And one of the quotes that, that he had said that, uh, he had learned from scientists or maybe in his own studies, whatever Dr. Uh, Frank, this was, yeah. uh, he said, knowing your place is the key to group stability. And he was talking about people, but what's yeah. great is this is true for dogs. And that's what I I've been telling clients for years is your dog needs to know his role in your household pack. Either he's in charge of you or he's not in charge of you. Either he can fight with other members in the household over food, or he cannot. Either he can race out of your front door and across the street to, to see the other dog or not. And so it's it's very simple. It makes sense for us to be alpha in our human world with our with our dogs. And and then and you had told me just a, a little while ago about that that quote from Caesar, that one Caesar Milan episode. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was an early episode, Dog Whisperer. I think it's one of his better quotes. He went to this lady's house. A lady had three dogs. Uh, Two were fighting. And she uh, was breaking down what she believed to Caesar was the problem. And she mentioned that so-and-so is alpha and -and so-and-so is, you know, omega, whatever. And Caesar says, look, in my pack, everyone's number two. And she asked him, well, who's number one? He said, I'm number one. (laughs) Everyone, Everyone else is number two. He says, I don't have favorites, he says, and, and that's the way it should be. You know, it's not, it's not to say that he doesn't have favorites, but I think symbolically speaking, 
what he means is when he administers con- like discipline or leadership or administers um, exercise time, it's all equal. You know what I mean? Right. He may, he may prefer one breed over another breed. You know what I mean? But as the leader, he can't think that way. He can't think, oh, I, I'm going to be softer on this dog versus this dog. Right. right. And, and I, think, I think part of the problem comes when maybe these days when people hear the word alpha, they have emotion you know, associated with that word or negative connotations. Whereas, again, what we're talking about isn't about emotion. It's about I'm in charge of these guys. I'm not, I'm not bullying them. I am being fair to them, but I am leading them. You know, when you're in your office, you know, it, it, listeners, when your yeah. office is one person in charge of the office or is everyone equal? You know, in your yeah. kid's classroom, are the students equal to the teacher? If you go to uh, go to church or, or pray, does the pastor lead yeah. The, the the prayer, the sermon, or the prayer group, or is or is everyone equal? I mean, leadership it's it's a natural part of 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 life, both for for us and for other forms of mammals. Certainly, dogs. So this is all we're talking about is just yeah. who's in charge here. Okay, got it. And no, there's no bullying. There's no anger. There's there's not supposed to be. There's no you know no fear instilled. Nothing like that. It's just someone is needs to be in charge. And I think, yeah, absolutely, I agree with that. And I think the other thing that's that come up recently, a lot of trainers will reference is, by the way, there's been a new study that shows among wolf packs, um, pack members don't really have one alpha. It's very fluid. And they'll use that word fluid to, to water down what it really means to be alpha, right? So they take a word, something that's kind of natural, understood, commonplace, uh, accept it, and then they water it down with something that somebody took a study, and maybe there was a case where a wolf was dominant, and then he wasn't dominant, and then he was maybe being submissive during play, and they interpret that as being submissive overall. I mean, they've just watered it down. Yeah. So you'll hear that a lot when you try to look up these uh, articles about wolf pack and hierarchies. They'll say, look out for the word fluid. Right. And And the only reason that I would say that that would be true is when uh, someone becomes sick or old in a yep. pack of, of, of animals. And this is yep. true for more than, more than just, uh, just wolves is then they will be challenged. They're being challenged by someone, some, another pack member who is vying for that position of being alpha. So I wouldn't say that that alpha role is fluid, but I, I would say that it could change. But it doesn't. the The process of it changing is very quick, and then it's an immediate um, switch. Yeah. And then there's a new alpha role that is durable and and long lasting. Not well, it's kind of up this day and it's going down a little bit. And over a f- period of the next few weeks, then someone else slowly works their way up to being alpha. It's not like that. So I agree with you. I think I think fluid is is absolutely a, the wrong and misleading term for for something like that. Yeah, and the other thing is misleading is just because a dog does it doesn't mean we have to do it. The, oh, it's, how do I? How am I going to say it without causing confusion? <laughs> just because you see it in nature doesn't mean what's happening in your household is wrong. I guess. Yeah, I mean, does oh, that make that's sense? Interesting. Or, yeah. So does that confuse? That might confuse things. I better just be quiet. I don't know. You can try, try to clean that up for me, Brian. <laughs> no, I think I think that's that's fine because. You know, we're putting two species together. Certainly, does make some changes. Is yeah. we, 
you know, if I if I curl my lip at, at my dog, does that mean that I'm growling at him, that I'm showing dominance? And does that mean that he's going to see it directly from me? You know, just the just the fact that we are built differently than dogs doesn't mean that it's a one to one ratio that if I get on all yeah. fours and and kind of bristle up a little bit that I'm going to look like I'm, you know, being dominant or I'm going to roll over and look like I'm being submissive. As a matter of fact, I, I teach clients, you know, to to play with your dog and roughhouse with your dog, roll onto your back and let them climb on top of you, but still maintain, you know, your status of being in charge of that dog, even during play, even though he's on top of you. So yeah, just because something happens in nature does not mean that that something similar is not happening in your house or or even the reverse. Yeah, absolutely. And for example, they may do that for reproductive purposes for genetic for genetic reasons. We're not obviously going to worry about that as humans, but but they need to adjust to us so that we can have this mutual uh, harmonious relationship where they have a role, we have a role, and now it's kind of evolved into mostly companionships. Most dogs won't work anymore, uh, which is why we say walk them, but there needs to be a little bit of a tweak, like you mentioned, to have this success. So definitely still needs to be control, and I don't mind... People want to call it dominance or, or uh, being uh, being alpha. Yeah, and and to be fair, dominance is just control. It's the same thing. So if and maybe we had talked about this in another podcast. If you're screaming down the highway and you see the blue lights behind you, you pull over because you are submitting to the police officer's dominance. You don't want to get in trouble. He's not angry at you. Well, he's yeah. not supposed to be. You shouldn't be angry at him. Yeah. And so there's no emotion of it. You just go through the motions of, of, of dominance and, and submission. Wow. That's just that's just control. So there's no reason to to bring emotion into it, again, because dogs don't do that with each yeah. other. And the control and order is all about stability. And everyone Absolutely. here, including you and me on this pocket, we're here to survive, right? So we're here to survive. We need to have stability. And that's kind of uh, what it comes down to. Now, I will say you could be one of those people that have a very easy dog. Maybe comes from a very... sure low energy, temperamental breed, whatever, you know? And so all these things, all this stuff to you is uh, maybe alien. And right. and because you're like, wow, my dog doesn't do any of these things. So I don't have to feel like I have to step in and take charge. Fine. But for someone like the lady that you said returned, uh, the ladies who said the owners returned that German Shepherd, well, not only did they pick probably the wrong dog, the wrong breed, the wrong energy, um, but they were not getting an easy dog. So they didn't have the experience. So in that case, they would benefit from hearing something like this. Uh, so they can get kind of the reality check that they need. We we talk about sorting through the ridiculous stuff out there, and the reason we're doing that is because we I think there's a lack of of transparency, right? People are trying to sell a product and they want to seem nice and soft and cuddly, and they don't want to receive any flack. But but uh, sometimes when you tell the truth and you want to be the most honest person, you will receive the feedback, and we're okay with that. But in that case, you talked about Brian. I think the lady or the owners were maybe looking for an easy dog. And then didn't realize what they were getting. And, and they were exposed as basically not knowing how to be uh, in control. Right. And I don't, I don't have too much more background on that. But the, the analogy that I make for, for people like that with, with my clients is, you know, and I've heard a lot of times in the past year or so, people call up and say, oh, we've never had a dog who's, who's you know, been this difficult. To me, it's, you know, if you grew up or, or your first car as a kid was, you know, some 
some old old Cadillac that you inherited from your great uncle or something like that. So you've you've got this this '78 Cadillac DeVille, and I don't know if they made that in '78, but anyway. So this yeah. so this Cadillac, and it's got all the bells and whistles on it, and you can drive it with one finger on the steering wheel, and you just float down the highway. And it's just effortless. Okay, so that's a lot of people's first dog is oh this is easy, and then they get another dog which is different. So you go from maybe to a Labrador Retriever to a German Shepherd, a Belgian Malinois a doberman yeah. uh you know a rottweiler and then all of a sudden you're driving a jeep yeah. okay with four-wheel drive and it's a manual it's a stick shift okay so you got now a clutch to, to worry about and yeah. the you know maybe the maybe the shocks are a little worn down maybe the brakes are a little a little grabby and you've got to have both hands on the wheel every time you're not shifting it's still driving but you're driving a different type of vehicle so you kind of have to re-educate yourself on how to drive something more challenging than something so easy so that that's how that's how i equate it is it's it's yeah. entirely possible you just have to work a little harder to to drive the jeep versus the cadillac yeah by the way there was a 1978 cadillac developed just good <laughs> okay good so, i was good there you were accurate there but but yeah so so or or be smart enough to know hey or be honest with yourself and i think like, you know what this is not right for me um, but take people's advice. People who work with German Shepherds are usually pretty good about telling you up front, "Hey, this. Have you had one before? Do you know what you're, you know, do you know what you're getting?" Kind of thing, you know. So, so that's the other part of the equation here. I hear oftentimes, like I said earlier, people will say, "Well, I grew up with this dog, or my parents had this dog, and they were lucky enough that they had maybe a quote unquote easy German Shepherd," and then they want to repeat that. They want to repeat that experience. Right. But, and even even within the same breed, you may get an entirely different temperament and get yep. you know, a Cadillac German Shepherd or a Jeep German Shepherd. Yeah. Yeah. It's and it's yeah, it's and you better be ready for that sort of thing. I mean, that's that's not a beginner dog. Yeah, for, for sure. But that's unfortunate that that happened uh, with that lady. But but, you know, just try to educate people as best as possible. Would you say that in those kinds of experiences, it, should they just wait like how do you learn to be alpha without without working on a dog should you wait should you read up on stuff how do you get to that point i guess yeah i mean that's a that's a great question because i I would like to see everyone's skills develop over time whether you know you're 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 a plumber or you work at you work at mcdonald's or you're in the in the dog behavior business you know we should all be working to better ourselves certainly at our at our profession if not in our personal lives um but yeah in dog behavior how do you how do you improve yourself well you know i would say first start research and go and practice well how do you how do you practice do you borrow people's dogs and then hope that they don't uh, don't don't jump on you or try to maul you or something do you go to a uh, dog park to learn do you volunteer to at a SPCA, um, you know, do you, do you try an easier dog and work your way up? Or, or mo- most people end up doing is they go online and they research. And there's so much more bad information, misinformation yeah. out there than there is good information. That's why we start the podcast. We'll help you sift through all the wrong and ridiculous information out there. Um, you know, they but, still, I, but yeah. I would I would no. say the I would say the best advice is go to a dog bar, go to a place where dogs interact with each other and just hang around and watch the cause and effect of this dog does this. And then these dogs respond this way, or this person is not paying attention to his dog and his dog who is high energy is disrupting something. Just see the cause and effect between dog behavior and dog reaction. And it's amazing how much you can learn if you're open 
to putting aside, you know, some preconceived notions and just let it happen. It's really one of the best classrooms out there, I'd say. And almost everybody is, is close to a dog park these sure. days. It seems like apartment complexes are doing the built-in dog park thing now, um, for sure. But what I would add to that is uh, basically uh, people have learning styles, right? I'm, I'm a visual learner. I'm a hands-on learner. I, I like to read. Whatever your learning style is, go with it. You know, I would say find a mentor um, that you respect, admire, and if it happens to be a close-by neighbor, relative, great. Ask some questions. Hey, how do you get your dog this well-behaved? They're off-leash. I've never seen a problem. How did you get to, to be where, where you are and pick their brain? If, you wanna, if you're a visual person like, like I am, I did a whole lot of Caesar Milan watching, and it really sunk in. I mean, just binge-watching the heck out of that show. Right? And then, of course, literature, articles, there's a bunch of stuff out there. But be careful with the third one because more and more, I don't know what it is, just, it's a, there's a lot of stuff out there shaming people for trying to better themselves and being controlled. So, right. That's and, kind of what I and so what about those people who, who think that, that Cesar Milan is, is mean, that he, that he kicks dogs and he's abusive to dogs? What do you tell people who say, I won't watch Caesar, he's, he's mean? Yeah, they're, they're, again, they're word shaming. I mean, you'll hear the word kick. Kick. Is he really kicking? No, he's maybe touching them, tapping them, using his heel. That's not a kick. But if you label it as a kick, everyone who hears that word has to agree with you. That's horrible because no one ever is going to say, "Yeah, I kick my dog. I'm on board with that." Right. And and so. yes, we are we are Caesar fans here. Um, but I look I look at it this way: whether you're talking about Caesar or Victoria Stillwell or Zach George or the neighbor down the street or the people that I just met with at the at the Falkir SPCA here a little while ago or a trainer is listen to the people, look at the people, see if they make sense to you, and then ask to see them with their dogs and yeah. see what that looks like. And further see how they, or if they work with their dogs off leash. You know, when I go to, a, when we go to our clients' houses, our dogs are in the truck ready to come out and work off leash. So yeah. if someone else can't prove that, if someone is yeah. not, someone else is not able to do that with their own dogs, I'd say that may not be a person you want to learn a whole lot from because they may just be all theory and they, they only, they only can talk a big game, but they can't, uh, can't prove, um, you know, results and, and prove how effective their methods are. Yeah, that's a really good point, Brian. Um, and it's really easy to follow. It's because everybody knows somebody with a dog, fine, or many dogs. Or if you don't go to a dog park, like Brian said, you can find one and people are friendly. Find that person that you think knows or that maybe they're outspoken and and just say, hey, okay, well, let me see how you are with your dogs. Because I have a, a, a friend who has his own business and he talks about his techniques. But when he brings his dogs out, first of all, they're always crated. <laughs> Which is a kind of a red flag for me. I'm like, geez, man, they're always in the crate. Always. And, and you work from home, so I don't know how much they're getting out and exercised. But when they do come out, of course, number one, they're overwhelmed because um, they want to just burn off excess energy. And how much time is he spending with them if they're in the crate and he's not walking them? So why would they listen to him? So anyway, so anyway, you, you have a lot of those types of scenarios and people out of convenience will do certain things, crates and all that. I'm not against crates, by the way. You know what I mean? But you still have to have that relationship with your dog right. where, you are, where you are walking them, you are providing structure and discipline and discipline. 
Discipline is a form of bonding because you are communicating your expectations and you're setting boundaries. And so, and and they have expectations now. Just that's a, just that's like a form. Yeah. Just like with kids, that's a form of boundary setting, which is a is a form of bonding. That's not mean. Is not you know all these things about about your kid won't like you, your dog won't like you. It's all rubbish. It's just shaming, unfortunately. And so we try to get people to to, to see through that and make that decision. Can I do this, or is this not the right thing for me at the moment? I need to work on myself. You know. So, right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Excellent point there. Um, anything else that you, uh, you think we need to cover on this topic? No, I want to overload people with, with way uh, too there's, much. On this. There's a, there's a ton of stuff here, but uh, I think the, the, that to keep it pretty basic, as far as a few key concepts, is start getting people in the right direction. I'm pretty good as far as the stuff I've said. Um, so no, I'm, well, I think you know, let, let, let's finish up with an answer to, to probably people's last question on this is, yeah. How do you show your dog that you're alpha and how do you know that you are alpha, that you're in charge? What are some examples of what that would look like? Oh, good question. Yeah, because you'll hear and you'll read, especially online, you'll say, people will say, well, don't let your dog uh, sit on your couch without you asking it to come on the couch. Don't let your dog pull you, that sort of thing. These are all okay, small little tests and exercises. But being alpha is akin to being a mother or a father in the sense that it's a very innate sense of, of responsibility that you have to just develop from your gut. That's what's happened to me anyway. I always tell people who want to understand what I feel when I'm exerting my leadership over my dogs. I'll say, imagine you're a kid's about to cross the street or doesn't see, doesn't look both ways and maybe they're young and you immediately jump into this protective mode where you're, maybe gra- grasp at your child's hand really firmly or use a sharp sound, whatever it is, it's it's that quick connection from your brain to your gut and expressing it out, whether it's a leash or your hand or your voice. And, and, and basically you are 100% committed and resolved to being in control of that situation for the safety sake of the dog. Now, it doesn't always mean your dog's in danger, but it's the same technique and the same intensity required that's that to me is what being alpha is about can you get access that mode where you're very sharp and quick when needed and then also turn it off when needed right and and part of being able to do that to flip a switch in a heartbeat is without emotion so that you can bark a correction at a dog or tell your kid get out of the street whatever it is um, and then immediately come back down from it because you're not angry you didn't get worked up about it you're not frustrated or whatever and the way i would answer this question is is in in much much less lofty terms carlos you're better about that is i would say if you can tell your dog to do something and he does it or if you tell him not to do something and he doesn't do it pretty much across the board whether he's excited or calm or, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of noise around, a lot of distractions or not, then I'd say you're, you're, you're pretty much in the, in the alpha role. So it's not about not letting the dog up on the furniture. It's about, he looks to you for guidance, you know, yeah. he puts his, puts his, maybe his, his chin on the edge of the, on the edge of the, the sofa and looks at you first. So he's basically showing submission and respect and asking you in dog terms, can I get up on the sofa and you let him, and when you want him to get off, you tell him to get off or, or you know, make yep. some eye contact with him or make a motion with your hand and he gets off. So if you're in charge of him, 
that's alpha. You just want to make sure that that's the majority of your relationship with your with your dog is that he's doing things that you want him to do and not doing things that you don't want him to do because of how you've been training him and working with him through the you know the days and the weeks and the months. Yeah, can you yeah, right. Submission and respect in all the situations will give you control when they'll yep. give you that title of alpha. All right. So I've had I had I just a real quick anecdotal thing. I have uh, my two dogs, and I'm recently uh, had a cat, and so I'm not a cat person as far as knowing the in, inner workings of a cat. I'm not a cat trainer, but I use the same techniques. Make sure that I am <laughs> able to hit, I'm able to hit that switch and being super intense, and then turn it off. Whether it's the cat misbehaving or the dog misbehaving with the cat, so that we can have ultimate peace. Right and control the house and boundaries so the dogs don't try to kill the cat and the cat's not bullying the dog and swiping at them, you know what I mean, randomly. You know, and so there's a, this underlying tension that builds up with a lot of people that have dogs and they go, on the, my cat's now scared of my dog. It's, you're not alpha. Yeah, that's one way of you knowing for sure you're not alpha in your household. Right. If you have a dog or dogs and they don't respect your cat or your cat's never coming, coming around or coming downstairs from, from under the bed, you know, those are circumstances that you can pretty much uh, use and say, okay, and determine, okay, I'm, yeah, the environment is not under my control. This cat is not, does not feel safe, and this dog may be spoiled. You know, so anyway, there's a lot of different scenarios, and there's a lot of our literature out there, but basically, what, like Brian said, your dog shows you submission and looks for you, whether it's eye contact in any situation, inside the house, outside the house, you're pretty well off uh, knowing that, that you're going to be in control and, and have that alpha role, uh, R-O-L-E, right. um, and, uh, and, and, and be in good hands. But, but, but just like we talked about earlier, though, I will end with this. You still have to work on stuff, right? You still have to work on it and make sure that you're consistent with, uh, with your uh, methods as well. So. Yeah, definitely. We're not being going to be perfect. The dogs aren't going to be perfect. And throughout our lives with our dogs, we're going to encounter things that we hadn't foreseen and we didn't, we didn't predict. And so all of a sudden, you, you know, your dog has never seen a deer before and he sees a deer and boom, he's off like a shot. And usually you can call him, but you know, like Carla said, you gotta, gotta keep practicing. So what we're talking yeah. about here with, with alpha is it is control, but it's a benevolent leadership. We're not being dictators here. We're not yeah. controlling just out of anger and, and emotion. Convenience, we're controlling, convenience, yeah. Right. We're controlling because we know what's best for our pack. We want everyone to be safe and we want peaceful coexistence inside and outside the house. Yeah, absolutely. So any questions that anyone has, uh, please feel free to contact us. You can uh, text us, uh, call us at 703-489-1319. Please uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We've got lots of good videos up there, including a, a few funny ones. And uh, like our Facebook page. Yeah. Also, let us know. Let me just say one more thing here. Also, let us know if you have some topics that you'd like us to cover. Um, send us a notice on that. We'd be happy to do a podcast on your topic. Carlos? Yeah, yeah and just, just so everyone's clear. I mean, whether it's Facebook or YouTube, everything is good dog workshop. Right? Yeah, yeah. Just same, same as the uh, uh, podcast. So, cool. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, uh, for everyone, for joining us today. We appreciate it. And thanks a lot, Carlos. I, uh, this was a great subject to talk about. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Brian. Take care. Bye. Yep.